This Bites, discussing Milwaukee's culinary and restaurant culture. With Ann Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine and Tariq Moody of 88.9. Welcome to This Bites, Milwaukee's longest culinary podcast with your host, food critic and writer from Milwaukee Magazine, Ann Christensen, and me, Tariq of Radio Milwaukee. On this week's edition of This Bites, we got a lot to talk about, but we have a special guest We I got a chance to interview, Interim Executive Director of Fondi's Farmer's Market, Venus Williams. We're going to be talking about what's happening at Fondi's Farmer's Market. She's going to share some recipes, so stick around for that coming up later in this podcast. We also got news about Red Light Ramen, and we got the latest issue of Milwaukee Magazine, and we're going to talk about some of the pieces that Ann wrote about drummies and the Butter Burger. But we can kick it off with something that kicks off today. We mentioned it last year, Ann. Eat Halal Milwaukee, a.k.a. Halal Restaurant Week, returns today. Yeah. And the main goal of Eat Halal Milwaukee is to diversify halal cuisine offered in the great city of Milwaukee. They do this by reaching out to local restaurants, asking them to switch to halal vendors to accommodate the growing Muslim community in Milwaukee. Do you know what halal means, Ann? I know that it refers to certain certain meats and fish. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I think you can explain it a little bit more in in a more in-depth way. Yeah. So halal is an Arabic word that simply means lawful or permitted. And that generally really refers to what's allowed under Islamic law. It's the opposite of haram, which mm-hmm. means unlawful or prohibited. For meat to be certified halal, it must be slaughtered in a, in a manner, which means cutting through the jugular vein, carotid artery, artery, and windpipe in order to drain all the blood from the carcass. In Islam, the consumption of blood is considered haram, again, which means unlawful or prohibited. And that's the opposite of halal. Make sense? It does make sense. And also, I mean, certain meats like pork are prohibited. I think also isn't um, isn't meat from the hindquarters, I feel like, also I, forbidden. I'm not sure about that, but I know, you know, pork is definitely prohibited. Both? Yeah. Yes. Uh, so Halal Week kicks off today, goes through July 16th, and uh, several restaurants are taking part. If you want to know some of them, we have Canela Cafe, Hawaii, which is a Vietnamese restaurant in Bayview, Heaven's Table, on North Avenue, which is Jason Alston's restaurant, Crafty Cow, Chubby's, Chubby's Steakhouse is doing halal. That's cool. To call. I, I like Chubby's. Yeah. I was really surprised by this list. It's, it's yeah. Really I get Chubby's like when I'm really hungry late at night, I get Chubby's. <laughs> um, Romero's Tacos. I never heard of Romero's Tacos. Have you? Uh, I have not. That's on 76th Street in Greenfield. Yeah. Apparently they have mariachi music while they have uh, their birria tacos. So they have known them for their birria tacos. We also have El Gaucho, which is a uh, Argentinian uh, cuisine. That's on Blue Mound Road, 17800 Blue Mound Road. Ninja, which is the new kind of Japanese uh, restaurant, that three-story yeah. restaurant that just opened. Sushi and Hibachi. Yeah, on Milwaukee Street. Joey Gerard. Bacchus and Texas de Brazil, which is that steakhouse that serves Brazilian style grilled meats. So those are restaurants. Uh, those are the uh, new ones, but then they're ones. returning, returning. Yeah, there's new ones. Tompkins, Top Corn Beef, Onesto, Mr. B's, Five O'Clock Steakhouse, and Carini's Southern Italian Restaurant. 
We'll post a link to the website for her law restaurant week if you're interested in checking that out. Coming up with this bites, we continue our conversation with news about Red Light Ramen, plus our exclusive interview with the interim executive director of Fondi's Farmer's Market, Venus Williams. Stay tuned. We've got a mission on our podcast, Urban Spelunking, and that's to show how every building tells a story. Hi, this is Nate Imig. And I'm Bobby Tanzillo. Even the buildings you think you know everything about are the ones that look like they're nothing special. They always tell you something unique about the city. Learn about Milwaukee through its architecture. New episodes of Urban Spelunking every Thursday from On Milwaukee and 88.9. Subscribe to Urban Spelunking in your podcast app and check out hundreds of past episodes in our archive. You just heard our conversation about Eat Halal Milwaukee, Halal Restaurant Week kicking off today in Milwaukee. To hear the rest of the conversation, head over to our website at radiomilwaukee.org. We're back on this bites, Milwaukee's longest culinary podcast and Christian of Milwaukee Magazine, Tariq Moody of Radio Milwaukee. We heard news a few days ago about Red Light Ramen will be shutting his doors after almost 10 years, which is a, comes to shock a lot of people. Like, you remember Red Light Ramen was a pop-up and ardent on the on Fridays and Saturdays? And they I only had like one, one kind of ramen. Yeah, the Takatsu. Slushies. Slushies. And there was a line out the door. I mean, I remember going there the first time. I got invited back behind the kitchen. I mean, the first time I had, went there, I ate two bowls of ramen in like 40 minutes. It was so good when I got one at first because I was dying for ramen. Um, those are those are the good old days when they did the pop-up on weekends. Then they just, Justin Carlisle and crew decided to expand and make it a permanent spot kind of right next door to Ardent. Um, and it's been a staple here in Milwaukee. Definitely one of the best ramen shops in the city. Uh, Justin Carlisle announced that he is going to shut down. July 13th is the last day. He recently partnered up with two-way wine merchants to open up 1033 over here in Walker's Point, the kind of a raw bar spot. And according to a statement, he basically said, for, for now, red light will be gone. We hope to do pop-ups and there's interest for individuals to take it to other cities, but we have nothing set as of now. And we're just going to enjoy the last week and see what happens next. Of course, as you said, when it first started, I only had the tonkatsu ramen, which is kind of a pork base broth, very thick, very rich. And then he expanded when he had the permanent shop to other ramens, including the chicken python and the mushroom miso, mm-hmm. which is a vegan version. And then as well, Japanese beef curry, Seafood tins, which I love, the takoyaki waffle, which is amazing, and a few desserts and sake and all that kind of stuff. And the slushies, yeah, as, as forementioned by you. The hours are daily from 5 to 10 until July 13th. So definitely been a staple here in Milwaukee. They will be missed. So, Anne, the latest issue of Milwaukee Magazine is out. I'm still not on a cover. I don't know what I, I did. Our wires get crossed. No, I don't know either. I, I I feel like this is just such a missed opportunity and my yeah. power is diminishing. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I've been here forever and I thought I'd be on a cover. But, you know, I guess, as I say, I got a face for radio. Right. But anyway, <laughs> um, we got a couple of stories you uh, have in there. We're going to talk about one. We're going to talk first about, you have a story about drummies, which it should have been called flats, yeah. not drummies. One of the stories that I have running in our July issue is a roundup of great places to get wings. And 
One of the things that I think is really interesting about wings, and I, I, I think if you eat wings, you know this, but if you don't eat wings, you're really not aware of the anatomy of a chicken wing. Um, it consists of the drumette, the flat, and the tip. Um, and the drumette is the upper arm of the bird. It's the meatiest part, and it's what you're typically served in a restaurant. Also, you forgot to mention the less flavorful part. I know. That's what you think. That's what you think. And I know you're a big uh, fan of the flat. I really like drummies, but that's just me. And if you go out and you get these, okay, you're typically going to find that they're grilled and or fried. And you can get a marinade. Sometimes you can get a dry rub. You get a sauce with it. So I've got five places that I think have really great wings. And the headline is, it's a pun, Tariq, because you, you know the pun drum roll, it's drumette roll. So uh, that's where the pun, that's our pun here. Give me a, like, give me two or three of the spots that you okay. uh, selected. One of them is Camino. Um, and honestly, I got to tell you, um, I'm a big fan of their house spicy and smoky dry rub. It, it just, it's just, I, I love it. It's, it's mild heat and just really great flavor. It comes with a pound of fries and you get a mix of drummies and flats mm. at Camino. Okay. Here's another one. I don't know if you've heard of this place. It's called the neighborhood draft. It's in Washington Heights on 59th and Bleat. There's okay. So the owner of this place is, or was involved in Tompkins which is, oh, wow. um, yes. So there's a connection there. Um, he's got different, really great sauces, really interesting sauces. And one of them is a, is called the JB three and it's jerk bourbon, brown sugar, and Buffalo. Hmm. Um, so it's, it's just a really interesting mix. I think they have a really nice charred kind of coating on the outside. They're juicy, a lot of meat, really delicious. And uh, also in the latest issue of Milwaukee Magazine, you, you mentioned something about Butterburgers. What's I all that? Did. Yeah. I What's did. The details so, on that. So, okay. You know, Solly's Butterburgers are kind of legendary. Solly's, which is um, this kind of almost like a diner restaurant over on Port Washington Road. It's won a James Beard Award for America's Classic. But to me, it like kind of has sort of this quintessential summer kind of uh, um, mystique to it. Like you really want to have a burger, like a really juicy burger in summer. And this burger, though, is like juicier than any burger that I know of because it's a butter burger. And I asked the owner, Glenn Fieber, about how much butter actually goes on this burger and like what the process is. So essentially, when that burger is is cooked on the flat on the flat top, it comes off and then they put a pat of butter. And he says it's at least a tablespoon and a half mm. of butter. And then what happens is it's on that hot burger and it melts all over the side of your burger and onto the plate. So it's one of those burgers that you have to have a ton of napkins because the thing is so messy. And there are people that love this. And I know people that hate mm -hmm. this. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I, where do you stand in this? 
I like it. Uh, maybe I'll take a spoon and, and slurp up the butter left over. Huh? <laughs> I don't know if that's good for me or not, but. <laughs> well, the other thing about it is he's, Glenn was telling me that it's Wisconsin um, sweet butter. And he thinks that that particular butter that they use is really important. And you know what I would do? Yeah. I would actually do like a garlic butter burger. Yeah. So like, like roll the garlic into the butter, like a compound butter. That sounds really good. And do a garlic butter burger. Yeah. Yeah. You can check out both of those stories in the latest issue of Milwaukee Magazine on newsstands now. So in the way, we got our exclusive interview with Venus Williams, interim executive director of Fondi's Farmer's Market. But we got one last thing for you. St. Kay's been going to be hosting a couple of dinners this month. Uh, actually, a dinner and a tasting event. The first event called Inside the Barrel, a tasting event with Jack Daniels. Uh, just in time for the Harley Davidson's 120th anniversary. So on July 15th and 1 p.m. in Arc Theater, you have opportunity afternoon tasting and education from the Jack Daniel families of brands. Attendees can enjoy a variety of samples, cocktails, Jack-infused small bites, giveaways, and more. And then on July 19th at 6.30 p.m., there will be a Napa Valley wine dinner with Blackbird Vineyards. They are known for their Bordeaux-inspired wines from all over Napa Valley. They will be showcasing his award-winning wine at an exclusive dinner in the dark room at St. Kate. We don't have the menu yet, but we post links for that over at RadioMilwaukee.org. Each dish will be paired with signature wines from Blackbird Vineyards. And there will be someone talking about the wines and the story about the vineyard as well. And finally, as I promise, we have an exclusive interview with Venus Williams, the interim executive director of Fondi's Farmer Market. So I got a chance to talk to her a few days ago. So without further ado, here's Venus Williams. Uh, how are you doing this day? I am wonderful and so glad to be here with you. Cool. So tell me about Fondi's Farmer's Market. I mean, I, I've been there many times. I don't really know the, the, the true history of it. I know it's considered one of the oldest ones, right? Yes, we are in year 106. So this is the 106th season of the Fondi wow. Farmer's Market. It has its roots in some older markets and it has transformed itself. And we are just so happy to still be at 22nd and Fond du Lac serving the community, the greater Milwaukee area. So tell me, like, well, 106 years ago, like, do you know the history of like why it was started or all that kind of in that, in that area? Well, when we think about life now, we think about grocery stores. Mm -hmm. There weren't grocery stores as we understand them 106 years ago. So it was really important that we had farmers who cultivated food um, for us and made it available at farmers markets. Back during those times, uh, a family and a woman's in particular um, worth and value, part of it was linked to what her pantry looked like. Mm. How much food did she mm. can throughout the summer and autumn season. So the farmer's markets were the source for natural, fresh, local food. Okay. Now, fast forward to the present day. What is the what is the role of Fondi's Market now? The role of the Fondi Farmer's Market right now is to have access to fresh, healthy, local food for the residents of Milwaukee. Mm. And in particular, we do a lot of work focusing on the Lindsay Heights neighborhood and the zip codes that surround the Fondi Farmers Market, 53206, 05, 10, um, 16. So we really want to impact 
our community. We have people who come to the Fondi Farmers Market from all over the city of Milwaukee. We fully understand that we are also here to make sure that our neighborhood, our communities are not continued to be labeled food deserts. Mm -hmm. And so the Fondi Farmers Market helps to alleviate that designation. When I go there, I see a diverse entrepreneurs there. Yes. Talk about a little bit about that and how that happened. Like I see people of Asian descent, black, Latino, like talk to me about the history of how that became very a diverse. You look at other farmers markets. Yes. It's not as the entrepreneurs not as diverse. Right. Well, one of the gifts of the Fondi Food Center is that we have a Fondi Farm project. And having a farm um, currently located on the Mequon Nature Preserve has allowed us to provide land for BIPOC farmers mm. and especially for urban BIPOC farmers. So we often think about farmers as being rural, and mm. we do have some rural farmers. But most of our farmers at the Fondi Food Center are urban folks who are farming. The Fondi Farm mm. Project has made that possible. So those 40 acres at the Mequon Nature Preserve, and prior to that, our farm was in Port Washington, really has created the diversity that you see. And more importantly, um, some stability when it comes to farmers and the land. We are currently seeking more land for our farmers, but it is that Fondi Farm Project that has really strengthened the Fondi Farmers Market. How long has the Farm Project been around? Oh, I knew you were getting ready to ask me that. <laughs> I should know these things. I think we are in year 14, Okay, um, maybe 16, maybe 18. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's all good. Tell that's me why how I'm interim, huh? I need to, to, to memorize it. So how does the Farm Project work? How does somebody, I mean, an immigrant or somebody coming in, and how, how does it, what's the process? So right now, of course, all of the land that we have access to is being farmed. So we don't have excess land mm. right now. In the beginning, it was really about our farm manager, the Fondi farm manager, mm. um, Stephen, who has been a part of this project from the very beginning, gathering the farmers, putting that call out mm. to say, we are the Fondi food center. We want to make land available mm. for you. We don't want you to have to migrate from vacant lot to vacant lot, mm. but to have some stability in your farming um, and more importantly, your small business mm. um, endeavor. Mm. A lot of people forget that these are small yeah. businesses. This isn't someone's hobby. Yeah. This is their business. This is their livelihood. their life. Yep. Their livelihood. Yes, sir. And and speaking of the farm, what, what kind of things are like farmers are growing? What's what's some of the most popular things what's in season what's what's yes well right now what's in season are collard greens strawberries sugar snap peas lots of onions and quite a few herbs along with the other cultural produce that is specific to to everyone's ethnic origin um, so you'll you'll find things when people come to the Fondi farmers market and they see the tops of plants, the sprouts, mm. or um, what we considered some people over the years as something you discard. No, eating and consuming the entire plant is very important to our communities of color. So talk about the, the cultural produce. Can you highlight some of those things that 
probably won't see at other farmers market that you'll see at Fondy's farmers market. Well, it's interesting because when you approach a Hmong farmer and you ask them the name of something, mm-hmm. what what is the name of that? They don't. They can't give you mm-hmm. a name um, because it's just what they have always grown. It's, it's just been handed yeah. down. The seeds, they brought these seeds with them when they arrived on this continent. And so the naming of the vegetables is something that we often ask, but we can't get <laughs> answers to because it's just what you do. It's like mm-hmm. breathing in and out. But we just made it clear and, and we're really working with the farmers to cultivate even more produce that is important to those zip codes that I named mm. within the African-American community. So we've been blessed to get a Zilber grant that has allowed us to hire a new um, community and culture cultivator. And he is working directly with the Hmong farmers to understand what is important in the African-American community. Mm. Um, growing more black-eyed peas and pinto beans, mm. um, cultivating multiple multiple varieties of collard greens so that, again, as a small business, as you're cultivating food that your family eats, we also want you to not have to throw anything away mm. or discard or give away something mm. at the end of that market day. So cultivating food that reflects the community where the market sits is a high priority for the Fondi Food Center. And not only is a farmer's market, you throw a lot of amazing events throughout the, the season. I remember when I first got here in Milwaukee, there was a collard greens throwdown, barbecue, cook-off, and all those kind of events. Can you talk to me about what's happening this year, this summer, this season over at Fondi's yeah. Farmer's Market? Yes, it is our intention to bring all of those back. We had to shut it down, of course, mm-hmm. that thing called the pandemic. Yeah. But we attempted to reinstitute some of those competitions last year, and people weren't ready. They weren't mm-hmm. ready to to come out and to experience that. We are hoping they will be ready mm-hmm. this year. So the greens throw down, um, we will have scheduled for the month of August for mm-hmm. sure. And we're not sure yet when we're going to schedule the barbecue mm-hmm. um, cook-off. That may be later um, near the end of the season. But yes, having these opportunities for chefs and community cooks in the community to show off mm-hmm. and <laughs> for people like yourself to come in and be a judge mm-hmm. and taste. We're also bringing the vegan food competition back Whoa. this year. So, Tell me about that one, though. So, yes. Yeah, so, so to have... Um, Vegan fare, you know, Mm. we know that for many people, they've been vegans for Mm. several decades. But for a lot of people, they're just being introduced to vegan cuisine. And we want to introduce people to fresh vegan cuisine, Mm. not just the processed vegan food that we can pick up um, at a store. Mm. So having vegan cooks, vegan chefs come in and not just for the competition piece, but to help the community to understand Mm -hmm. the healthiness Mm -hmm. of vegan cuisine and what it means to care for your body and to Mm -hmm. not just to grab onto anything. When's that planning to happen? We will be doing that in September. September. Uh, What other events do you have lined up over at the Fondy's Farmer's Market? We are happy right now to be partnering with the Center Street Library. So we have a librarian in the park, in the Fondy Park, which is another um, incredible venue right next Mm -hmm. to the Farmer's Market. We will be celebrating the Underground Railroad um, during the Fondy Farmer's Market on a Saturday in August. We will continue to provide space for 
health and wellness um, activities. So having a day that's focusing on heart and stroke health, mm. having a day that is focusing on birth outcomes mm. and, and taking it from a positive spin of connecting the community to doulas, to midwives, um, healthiness and wellness. It's it's not just about what you consume, but it's also about how you care for yourself mm-hmm. and what you have access to. So access to wellness information is also a high priority for the Fondy Food Center. And as we kick off our full season on July 8th, you will see more wellness vendors mixed in mm. with the food vendors and the produce vendors so that it's not even just about a special event, but that you can access this information mm. daily at the Fondy Farmers Market. And then you have a, you have a marquee event that like a lot of people, it sells out pretty fast. Sells out pretty yeah. fast. And what event is that? That is the Fondy Feast. The Fondy Feast is always the last Sunday in August, August 28th, um, at the Fondy Farm Project on the Mequon Nature Preserve. And we are very excited about this year's feast. Um, our lead chef, as he has been um, many years in the past, is Greg Leon from Amelinda. Mm-hmm. But then there are other chefs. Um, one of the new chefs this year is uh, Zakia Courtney from Vegan Soul. Mm. And so we're really excited about that. And we haven't announced it yet, but we have two MCs, two hosts for this year's feast. Mm. And they happen to be Derek Mosley and Truman McGee. Everybody loves Derek, but no one loves me. Huh? Oh, no. We have something else <laughs> planned for you. But uh, I don't think you want me to ask you about this other thing on air. What other thing? Oh, we would love to have you host a series of small dinners. What do you think about that? I'd be honored. You'd be honored. Anything, anything you ask, I'll do. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, not a one-time thing, but mm. we want a continuing mm. relationship with you. I appreciate that. My mom would love that. Your mom would love that. Yeah. Yay. We'll have to bring her up. So at the Farmer's Feast, I'm assuming the requirement is that they have to cook with stuff off the farm. Is that right? That's part of the requirement. But obviously, there will be a few meat dishes. Mm-hmm. So we don't have um, beef and poultry mm-hmm. on the farm. Mm-hmm. We try to incorporate as much produce from the Fondy mm-hmm. farmers as can be and or sourcing from mm-hmm. other farmers in the area. Mm-hmm. So, yes, to highlight the the vegetables, and you can imagine, you don't have to imagine, but in August, in August, everything is growing, mm. right? We have so many vegetables to mm. choose from. So we're really hoping to focus more on the veggies than we have in past mm. years and to really make the vegetables and the herbs and the fruits the stars of this year's Fondy Feast. So speaking of uh, the vegetables, I, I know you cook, right? Okay. Yes, you know it. So what are some of the favorite dishes you like to cook That's uh, that you get from the farmer's market? I am known for a variety of succotash. So I love succotash. So I love when the beans and the peas and the corn um, and the peppers and the onions are in season. So I love making um, three or four or five different kinds of succotash. I also like to play around with um, different type of recipes for greens. Mm. So, you know, in the 
African-American community, many of us grew up with our wonderful, incredible family members overcooking, um, <laughs> boiling the heck out of our collards and kale and mustard greens. So I really do like to play around with different recipes with mm. the greens. And then my, another favorite thing for me is beets. I love the array of beets mm. that we now have in our lives. And so I like to make um, a variety of roasted beet mm. dishes. Um, and speaking of roasting, of course, roasted Brussels sprouts. Mm. So since I am also a farmer, I have planted more Brussels sprouts really? this year than I have in my entire life. Is it because you just love Brussels sprouts so much? Or Yes, that, I know. love roasted Brussels sprouts. Mm. You know, many of us, again, grew up with these nasty, you know, sorry, mom, but um, <laughs> I don't know where they came from, but they needed to take them back. <laughs> so once I realized that there's a really better way to cultivate Brussels sprouts, and I mean, to cook Brussels sprouts and beets, yes. Okay. Would you willing to share with us uh, some recipes for us? Oh, yes. So okay. let's talk succotash. So my succotash, one of my favorite succotash um, is about sauteing some onions and peppers and a little bit of olive oil, a little bit of butter, adding in the corn off the cob, adding in fresh black eyed peas or fresh pinto beans mm. or fresh crowder peas. We have a lot of people who grow um, all different types of beans. I know traditionally mm. it's lima mm -hmm. um, beans. And I also like to add when they're in season um, sweet potatoes to mm. my succotash. But it just really depends upon what's in season. So our daughter, um, Sojourner, her friend's often ask, has your mother made that succotash yet? <laughs> um, so just, you know, and keeping it simple. Mm. You don't have to add, you know, a lot of fat mm -hmm. or meats to it. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're a meat eater, you might want to fry up a little bit of bacon first mm -hmm. and use that. But for me, it's really about just accenting the flavors that are already there mm -hmm. in the vegetables and bringing them out. Um, sometimes I jerk my succotash. Sometimes it's a Moroccan flavored okay. succotash. And sometimes it's just plain. Um, there are other recipes with the succotash where, of course, when the tomatoes are in bloom, where I'm adding some heirloom tomatoes mm. to the succotash. So really shopping locally, cooking with the seasons and allowing my body to just be happy, my taste buds, but but cultivating um, a healthier me. Have you heard of uh, Laura Alabama caviar? No. Never heard of that? Never heard of that. What's that? It's like a black eyed pea salsa. No. So it's basically black eyed peas, balsamic vinegar, tomatoes, onions, cilantro, and you can use chips or saltine crackers. So you get the canned ones and drain it and then toss it in there. The longer it sits, the better it flavor is. Okay. Very simple, but it's very flavorful. Well, we know what I'll be making this weekend. <laughs> so tell me where, where, where people can find more about all the things that's happening at the farmer's market. So you can go to fondymke.org. And there you will find information about the, the Fondy Farmers Market. You may also go to our Fondy Farmers Market Facebook page, um, which is very active. And we're posting pictures and profiles weekly. Um, but most importantly, you just come on by. Come stop by the market. Um, beginning July 8th, we'll be open Thursdays and Saturdays and Sundays. Okay. Thank you, Venus. Thank you for having me. And I look forward to you hosting some dinners Look for forward to.
As long as I get to eat too. Of course, of course, <laughs> of course. That concludes this week's edition of This Bites. Hope you enjoyed that exclusive interview with Venus Williams, Interim Executive Director of Fondy's Farmer's Market. This Bite is produced and edited by Kim Shine with support and generosity from our membership. Please subscribe to This Bites wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Google, Apple, NPR, or directly from RadioMilwaukee.org. Please remember feedback is important, so please rate and review. And as always, stay hungry. And keep the Malort cold. Have a great weekend, Anne. You too, Tariq. <laughs>